It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. You are Locked On Wolverines, your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Thursday. We are back and doing it. Locked On Wolverines podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it is your team every day. I am your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverines Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group. And we are going to continue our spring preview that is happening today. Uh, and we're going to move on to wide receiver. We are going to spend the entire episode discussing the wide receiver position because I feel like that this is one of those position groups that has a lot going on with it. Maybe if I feel like I'm getting a little winded with the wide receivers, maybe we'll move on into the tight ends. But uh, I think that... Uh, we could, we could make it a pass catcher situation, but we'll see. We'll see where we go. Uh, let me pull up my screen here, get everything going, and we're going to get rolling. So Michigan has obviously a ton of wideouts listed on the roster. I mean, it's staggering. I mean, I'm, I'm going one, two, three, four, five, six. 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. 16 wide receivers listed. Obviously not all are scholarship, but if you were to do scholarship, I've got 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 on scholarship. One of those is a guy who is obviously splitting time, Amarion Walker. He is listed as wide receiver and defensive back. But uh, nonetheless, this is finally Michigan is in a place that uh, I remember having a conversation with Josh Gaddis some years ago, and he was like, man, we only have like six scholarship wide receivers or something like that. And he's like, we need to be more close to 10. And that is where Michigan is. So this is I mean, Gaddis hasn't been around for a couple of years, but this has been by design to build up to this point. This is. Who is currently on campus, too? Because remember, Carmelo English, the four-star wide receiver from Alabama, Phoenix City, will be arriving this fall. And he's a guy who I certainly think could be, it's hard to predict, skill position guys. Well, any any freshman, it's really difficult unless they're a five-star. But lately, especially with this much depth, it's hard to predict when a skill position guy is going to come in and make a big impact Carmelo English could be that guy, but it's a little harder when you're in the situation that Michigan is in now with, like I said, 16 uh, total, 10 scholarship players. Because when you think back to, say, 2017, Michigan brought in the four highly touted wide receivers, but who were all the other guys on the roster at that moment? Kakoa Crawford, Mo Ways, 
I, I'm not even 100 on that. I, I am curious and I want to look, but this this tells you how different things have become because obviously Tariq Black Donovan Peoples-Jones took it by storm, but it was a very not exactly where you wanted to be type scenario. And I'm sure they still had quite a few guys on, on, on there. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. So 15 still. But I mean, as far as returning talent, I mean, they had lost Amara Darbo, J.U. Chesson. Four of those guys I just mentioned were true freshmen. Some of the others were walk ons. Some of them were walk on freshmen, like Evan Latham and, <laughs> and some others. But, uh, I mean, you were really relying heavily on Kakoa Crawford, Drake Harris, Eddie McDoom, uh, and that was really pretty, and Grant Perry. And that was really it. Now, at least, you're in a situation with the wide receiving group where even though they haven't necessarily performed up to what I would say was the expectation going in last year outside of the program, you're at least in a, in a situation where you're like, Theoretically, this could be insane. Theoretically. Starts with Cornelius Johnson because he is the elder statesman. He is the one who uh, is the senior leader, grad student, technically, because he's been around since 2019. He's your primary receiver, theoretically, especially with Ronnie Bell gone. But Ronnie Bell is the only guy who's gone from this group. Otherwise, you bring everybody back and everyone's a year older and you hope a little bit wiser, more talented uh, in terms of just capability, growing into their skin a little bit more. But it starts with Cornelius Johnson, 6'3", 208, what he's currently listed as. Obviously a great route runner, has had issues with his hands at times, but at times has made the game-breaking play. And it seems like he makes the biggest plays the moment that you doubt him. It seems like every time I'm on the field and I turn to whoever's next to me, photographer, it seems like it's always like one of those games where uh, it's a road game where someone's down on the field with me that's normally in the press box, Clayton Safey at Indiana or Josh Newkirk at, uh, at Ohio State. And, and it's like I turn to them and I'm like, well, what, is, what are we even, what, what, what are we doing here? Why are they even throwing to this guy? Why is that still happening? And then, boom, big touchdown. It's like without fail. The moment that at least I start to have doubts into Cornelius Johnson is when he comes out and looks like a game breaker. Ohio State being obviously the big one. But he's not who I'm most excited about. Honestly, out of everybody, the person I'm most excited about, and if you've been watching or listening, then you know the name I'm about to say, and that name is Roman Wilson. Roman Wilson, I think, has all of the tangibles and intangibles. It's just, it's, it seems like in game five, every year, something happens that gets him off the field. Now, his production was falling off a bit, but I mean, I, I can't imagine that you were watching those first couple games last year, especially after the touchdown uh, against Hawaii, and weren't thinking the same thing that I was thinking, which is, it, is this a is this like a light version of Devonte Smith? I know I've been saying it for a while, and I'm sure there's a lot of you that disagree, and that's fine. You're entitled to your opinion. 
I'm not saying he is Devontae Smith, but I you look at the body type, the speed, the athleticism, and you, you sit there and think of all the tantalizing possibilities. And I, I, I think he has that in him. The problem is 2021 injury to his hand wrist, whatever it ended up actually being, 2002 concussion. Week five, both times. But we've, we kind of saw him come roaring back a bit when Michigan was trying to come roaring back against TCU. The, the touchdown that lives in our hearts, but not on the scoreboard. As well as the, uh, the, the, the one where he went flying into the end zone. And you just sit there and you look at his ability when you get the ball in his hands in space and you just salivate. And he enters his senior year. And it's just like, man, this, this could be something special. My question is, it lies with his recruiting teammate, classmate, in A.J. Henning, who I had predicted erroneously last year to be my breakout player on offense a year ago and completely disappeared from the offense. Still pretty good. When in on special teams, had some injuries as well last year. But they they went from touting him as a Debo Samuel type. We can run him. We can put him out wide. We can jet sweep. We can do all these things with him. We saw him do a little bit of some of those up into week three. And then we didn't see any of it again until the college football playoff. And it was like, it was just predictable and it went nowhere. And it's like, what happened to A.J. Henning? Now, I think he still has a lot of talent and a lot of ability. I just think you have to scheme for it. It doesn't mean you have to give him the ball. It just means he has to be a part of the scheme in which that he's an option. So I am curious. Now, again, the hands, like I said, there have been times where it seemed like he wasn't coming down with balls that he should have. So I am curious to see where he goes from here. All right, we are going to continue on. Those are the elder statesmen. I think we covered all of the elder statesmen, but there's a lot to be tantalized by here in this group. We're going to get to it all here in just a moment. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NBA. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. 
Michigan's wide receiver group has the potential to be really special, and especially when you have a quarterback like J.J. McCarthy. J.J. McCarthy can be healthy. This could really be a rising tide lifts all ships situation, and it should be. Now, are they on the level with Ohio State at the moment? No. They, they aren't that type of group, but certainly it, it, it's, it's not necessarily one at this juncture that's going to strike fear into the heart of every opponent. But it should. It has that capability. At the moment, it's a, it's a little bit above average. But, I mean, if Michigan really wanted to air it out, they could. And they have the, they, they, it, it could be a 400 yards a game passing offense, theoretically, between the quarterback and the wideout talent that they have. Part of that goes with uh, some of the guys that we haven't really seen much of yet. I aired earlier when I said Ronnie Bell was your only attrition because obviously Andrell Anthony is now gone. His classmate is still around in Christian Dixon. He, he was spoken of a little bit as a guy turning the corner last year, has a lot of speed, but still hasn't really broken in. And I'm curious to see him in the spring to see if he starts to get a little bit more going. And I, I watched him intently a little bit during the, uh, during the open practice for the bowl game and was impressed, to be honest. He showed me things I didn't think he had. But he seems like he's a little bit far further behind some of the others. But obviously, we are most excited when it comes to the younger generation to the three freshmen. Now, one we're not going to see in spring. Marion Walker is wholly devoted in spring ball to cornerback and will theoretically get an opportunity to also play wide receiver come fall camp. So that is wholly dependent uh, on how he does at uh, corner. But Jim Harbaugh said he's a unicorn there. And obviously, uh, anytime you have a mythical creature that can help you in a defensive backfield situation, you take it. That's like an, you know, an old adage. Confucius says, what have you. Uh, but there's the other two still, and that's Darius Clemens and Tyler Morris. While, I, you know, a, lot, a big part of me wants to say I'm all in on Darius Clemens, Tyler Morris is probably the one that we should be paying a little bit more attention to. Because even though Roman Wilson certainly can move more inside to take up more of that Ronnie Bell role with Ronnie Bell gone, I can see a situation more so, I think, where it's Roman stays wide on one end, Cornelius on the other, and then they put Tyler Morris inside. And remember, he's a guy that has a lot of rapport with J.J. McCarthy. High school teammates before J.J. transferred to IMG Academy. So there's a lot to really like about what Tyler Morris kind of brings to the table. And we saw him get some spot opportunities last year, mostly. When I say that, it's because it seemed like whenever he made a play, it was like I'm walking down the field to the other end. I turn away from the play for a second. I'm focusing on something else. And I'm like, what happened? Tyler Morris got a catch. Um, so personally, maybe I didn't see it, but everyone else did. So I'm curious to see what he does. Now, he is a little bit more understated, 5'11", 185. But remember, like he was a four-star. Steve Wilfong said he would, would have been rated much higher had he not had his ACL injury in high school. 
he's just a guy that I feel like is flying under the radar. And for the average casual, which is probably not someone watching or listening to this, I, I feel like the, the, it's, he's the guy that when he goes and gets a makes a big play early in the season next year, you know, Carl Grappentine is t- Michigan touchdown, Tyler Morris, or, you know, J.J. McCarthy to Tyler Morris. I'm not good. I'm not good with my Carl Grappentine impression anymore. Anyhow, <laughs> the, the the casual who's sitting in some random section, you know, it's their their third game. They're all blotto from the, the pregame and they just are like, oh, that's cool. But who is that? You know. I feel like that's probably most people. Especially like maybe the ones that are a little bit less than casual, but not necessarily, you know, die hard, super into it. The ones who are maybe a a little bit more casual, but do do pay a little bit of attention to recruiting. Maybe they go to MGO blog and look for the hello post. They probably remember more Darius Clemens because, you know, West Coast kid, Portland, Oregon, four star, certainly could have stayed home, could have gone to Oregon, could have gone to Washington, could have gone to any West school, uh, West coast school of his choosing. And then he opts on signing day last year to come to Michigan comes out in the spring game with an amazing diving uh, catch for a touchdown. And you're just sitting there saying like, yeah, that's what I thought. He's going to be an impact player right now. It didn't quite turn out that way, but you know what? It's, you don't always see wide receivers have the lights turn on in their freshman year. Tariq black. Well, sorry, not Tariq black, Nico Collins. Nico Collins did nothing in his freshman year except for look lost. And then sophomore year, suddenly he comes to play. Not everyone can be a Tariq Black as who did look amazing right out the gates. Donovan Peoples-Jones looked pretty good right out the gates. They were forced to, to some degree, but Nico Collins came along a little bit more slowly and then ended up surpassing all of the above in all capability, uh, at least at the college level. So that is kind of the trajectory you kind of hope for Darius Clemens, that the lights turn on now that he's in his second year, now that you can kind of go back and review and say, all right, I, I, I know how to run these routes a little bit more crisply. I'm, I'm, I'm able to, to focus on reeling the ball in. We, we, haven't, we don't have any mistakes to critique because we didn't really see anything. But that duo, they're going to be featured certainly this year. And I'm curious to see where that takes us. All right. There's a couple more guys to discuss. And uh, we are going to get to those here in just a moment. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. I apologize in advance for for the fact that I'm not really going to go, you know, to Sam Starich or Will Rolap. Certainly, I mean, those are guys that Jim Harbaugh will mention, but, I, I, you know, Peyton O'Leary mentioned by Jim Harbaugh, mentioned by 
players is like, no, he, he looks like a legit scholarship player out there. And then we didn't see him all year. So I don't really want to hear it until I see it when it comes to the non-scholarship players. The one scholarship player that is not a freshman that I did not mention as of yet uh, is Iman Dennis, the, who plays a Mike Sainer still style role, kind of a clone at, at that. He's from Massachusetts, just like Mike Sainer still. He played cornerback just like Mike Sainer still. He's 5'10", 184. Got the dreads like Mike Sainer still had at the, that time. Uh, he's an unknown commodity. We haven't seen him, so we don't know what he is. is can or might do. So I don't really have anything for him, but there are two freshmen who are around for spring ball. And I am very curious to see them. They got, they got to partake in bowl prep. And I I wouldn't be surprised if we see either of them just because they're of a different breed. Frederick Moore at 6'1", 176. I'm sure he's much bigger than that now, uh, but that's at least what he's listed as. Uh, I, I think he, he has the, the potential in a way to be like the, the wide receiver version of Hassan Haskins kind of not really looked at as a high end recruit, but did some amazing things in high school. And then you have Samaj Morgan, the local product, West Bloomfield, been a guy who's been on the radar forever, small shifty type. Uh, he's a little smaller, a little bigger, if that makes any sense. 5'10", 180. But I, I feel like Samaj Morgan is a guy that can come out and be that early imprint guy. You know, he's a scholarship player, unlike Jake McCurry was in 2018. But the, you remember there was all this talk about Jake McCurry the same way as Peyton O'Leary last year. I, I feel like he's going to be the scholarship version, especially without Ronnie Bell. I feel like there's just going to be a lot of like, hey, let's let's get other guys involved and. We'll see if it works. Now, it doesn't always work when you're when they're freshmen. That's sometimes that's the plan. Again, alluding to Gaddis, Gaddis had told me uh, at one point, like we're trying to get Giles Jackson rolling early, and he said this before an early season game, and he's like, "We know that we can make him into something right now." Guess what? Didn't happen. Not in his freshman year at wide receiver. At returner, yes, wide receiver. Uh, uh-uh. uh. So that's part of the learning curve. But I am curious to see how how those guys do. And I think that there is prime opportunity for the taking, despite how incredibly deep this group is. Is it Marvin Harrison, Emeka Ibuka, Julian Fleming? Uh Uh-uh. It is not. It doesn't need to be. Right? 2016, Michigan had a pretty prolific offense that was able to move the ball downfield with your skill position players being uh, Amara Darbo, Jay Hugh Chesson, and Devion Smith, as well as Jake Butt. Outside of Jake Butt, and, and uh, those were all good players, but no one is sitting there speaking about the glory days of when Jay Hugh Chesson uh, was wearing a winged helmet, right? I mean, I, I, I love Jay Hugh. No offense to him or Amaro, Amar, Amara. Uh, I really love Amara. I've uh, been around him a little bit more. Um, <laughs> quick, a quick aside, fun story. So Devin Gardner, 4th of July in 2019, asked me to come out to uh, Oak Park to 
to just tape some of the, him working with some kids for like a little promo thing he wanted to do. So I, I went out there. I just brought my phone and my gimbal and was doing whatever. And Amara Darbo was there uh, working out. And he was still in the NFL at the time and just got done rehabbing an injury. I think he was still technically with Seattle. And uh, I had a bright idea for a shot that I was going to try to run with Amara while he was running a route. Did not go well. And I was in much better shape then. I could run then. I actually went for a, like a three-mile run that morning. Shouldn't say with no problem. I had issues because I hadn't been running, but I, I did it, you know, way more comfortably than I could now. So, yeah. Uh, it, that said, no, no one is talking about them like they're David Terrell or Ty Streets, right? This group certainly can't, has guys that can be that. Uh, and it's a matter of who's going to step up. Ronnie Bell was extremely dependable. We've seen big plays from Cornelius Johnson and Roman Wilson. We love the potential of the rest. We just have to see it. It has that capability, and when you have a five-star quarterback, anything can happen. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Thank you for watching, and thank you for listening. We will be back on Friday with the mailbag. I haven't put out the tweet as of me saying this, but I will. So Friday mailbag, get to me then that way. <laughs> what kind of English is that? I don't know. We will talk to you again soon. Thanks again. Peace. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.